Welcome to Living Through the Word, the official podcast of the Anglican Diocese of the Living Word, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America. I'm Julian Dobbs, the diocesan bishop, and I'm so pleased that you've joined with me today. On this podcast, we have many different guests from across the diocese and around the global Anglican family to discuss topics that matter to you and your ministry and your life today. And with me is uh, my friend and fellow bishop, a great pleasure to welcome Bishop Alex Farmer. Bishop, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Bishop Julian. Good to be with you today. Bishop Alex was elected and consecrated in 2002, uh, sorry, 2022, and serves as the second bishop of the Gulf Atlantic Diocese of the Anglican Church in North America. He was ordained in 2000 after serving a parish for three years as a youth minister. In 2002, he was called to St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Gainesville, Florida, a declining church in need of revitalization. And he and the members of St. Michael's reorganized in 2006 to found Servants of Christ Anglican Church, now a thriving congregation where he served as rector until just after his election as bishop. His ministry over the years has focused on the cost of discipleship, the call to unity, and the essential need to be quiet before the Lord and empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's married to Jody. They have three adult grandchildren, uh, three adult children, and three grandchildren. I consider uh, Bishop Alex a personal friend. Uh, I'm thrilled that he's with us today, and I've invited him to join us for the Bishop's Book Club as we make our way through The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. But before we get to the book uh, and your chapter, Bishop, tell us how you came to follow Jesus and a little bit about the Diocese of the Gulf Atlantic. Oh, I'd love to share a little bit about my journey to Christ. Um, I grew up with a, a devout Christian mother um, and a somewhat um, uh cultural Christian father, um, although he he did profess faith in adulthood and uh, and I can say loves Jesus and serves the Lord well today. Um, it was uh, I, I came to to adolescence with lots of fears and anxieties and uh, I really didn't pay much attention to, to the Lord and uh, frankly until uh, until I was uh, uprooted from my home in Atlanta, Georgia. And relocated to Jacksonville, Florida, which is actually where I'm speaking with you from today, of all places. Um, and it was there in the midst of that that I encountered um, older teenagers, particularly one adult, uh, one older teenager by the name of Richard, um, ended up serving in uh, Operation Desert Storm, if you know that 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 wow. conflict back in the day. But uh, Richard ended up being a captain in the army, but he began to talk about Jesus in a in a personal way, in a relationship that that he went to Christ for uh, counsel and decisions and sort of guidance for his life. And although my mother had brought me up to really fear the Lord and to pray at times of crisis, uh, it was Richard that began to talk to, to me about the idea of a, of a personal relationship with Christ. And so um, based upon that, those seeds planted, I went off to a summer camp in a place called Eustace, Florida, hottest place in the entire world. Uh, lots of giant mosquitoes and sand spurs and alligators and Doesn't just a like lovely Pilgrim's progress, brother. It's a lovely <laughs> place. Yes, it, it reminded me a little bit about Pilgrim's progress. 
But it was there that uh, um, a wonderful missionary uh, shared the gospel in a, a, a way that invited me to respond. And I crawled up in an oak tree uh, on a hot summer mm-hmm. afternoon and said, Lord, if you're real and I believe you are, um, I surrender my life to you. And so uh, that began my journey. Uh, uh, and uh, it was... Um, yeah, I mean, it was that from that moment on, the Lord began to to teach me what it meant to be his disciple and to choose not that those things which would benefit me and, and make me popular, or, but uh, to look for the outcast, the, the person at the margins, uh, to begin to, to, to be led by his spirit to minister to those who he put in my path. And so it's been a, a journey of learning to die to self and to... Um, and to respond the need to the need uh, that that he I see around me. So uh, by his grace, I've now been a Christian for uh, gosh, now going on, Julian. I'm afraid to say forty plus years. So well, you uh, and I now sport uh, both sport gray hair. So that signals to us the, the length of the journey, right? <laughs> yes, yes, and and we speak of grandchildren. So that's we a, do. A good, that's a good <laughs> giveaway to our age. But uh, that's how my journey began with the, with Christ. Fantastic. And, uh, Thanks be to God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And you find yourself serving as the second bishop of yep. the uh, ACNA Diocese of the Gulf Atlantic. Tell us a little bit about the diocese. Yeah, so Gulf Atlantic Diocese was formed uh, shortly after the province was 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 formed. Um, uh, Bishop Neil Labar was the the uh, the elder of our our group, our band of six brothers that that left the Episcopal Church. Not quite sure where we were headed, but we were going to go together. Um, we have uh, been very relationally bound, and there is a, there are strong ties, strong relational ties among uh, the the leadership of the diocese. Uh, we we span four states, although we're really only in Mississippi in a very, very small way, one small congregation, uh, but South Alabama, South Georgia, and then uh, all over the state of Florida. Uh, 42 all the warm churches. Places, brother. I'm All the what? All the warm uh, places. All, <laughs> all the warm places. So, yes, some very beautiful places. So, I, you know, but this is one of those testimonies that you, when you die to uh, you die to beauty. I mean, I, I've, I ministered in the middle of the state of Florida and, and what they refer to as the swamp, uh, you know, affectionately. Uh, but God has blessed me now to be able to travel to to the coastal areas in uh, in South Georgia, South Alabama and all over Florida. So but uh, we're 42 churches uh, ranging in size from congregations that are over 600 on a Sunday down to uh, a handful of people gathering in a, a, a a storefront or a uh a um a home it's uh it's a wonderful place uh youth ministry is uplifted um we have a diocesan summer camp we we have renewal ministries among our youth and uh and we're planting churches we've uh we've been planting some churches in the orlando area in um in south of jacksonville along the coast and and we're about to send church planters to tampa and of course the the goal is to is to plant churches in South Florida, which is still remains, as you very well know, uh, a weakness in terms of you know evangelical liturgical witness. So we're we're hoping to do that over the next five years. Well, thank you for sharing the story with us and uh, telling us a little bit about you and your ministry. I'm thrilled um, to have uh, Bishop Alex in the House of Bishops of the ACNA. He 
um, is a significant growing voice among us and uh, uh, just thrilled that he's on the podcast with me today. The Pilgrim's Progress has been uh, printed and read and translated more than any other book than the Bible. I mean, I just... Bishop, I find that stunning, right? And and you and I are here talking about it in 2023. I mean, it's, 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 it, it really is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad that it's been updated into modern language because <laughs> yes. it, it's a little easier to get through in the modern language. It's a little language. easier. Yes. yes. Millions yes. of Christians have cherished John Bunyan, the author's allegorical tale of the journey of Christian um, on his uh, epic adventure as he leaves his home in the city of destruction and begins a lifelong quest to the celestial city. Last time, um, we leave him having wandered off the path a little bit and coming back to the way. In fact, in the early uh, portion of the section that Bishop um, Alex is going to help uh, us consider, um, he meets a character called Goodwill, and uh, Goodwill talks to him about whether he is on his own and whether any of his family come with him. And Christian says, yes, my wife and children saw me leaving, and they called me after me to come back. And also some of my neighbors stood calling me to return, but I love this bit. But I put my fingers in my ears and came on my way. I mean, it's just so fantastic, isn't it, to 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 contemplate even, I mean, Jesus says this about leaving family behind mm-hmm. and um, taking up a plow. And, and, and in Luke's gospel, he talks about not looking back, um, right. putting our hand to the plow. And here's Christian putting his fingers in his ears saying, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. What do you think about all of that? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's so vivid. And again, um, especially in our, our time, uh, where it seems like um, either there's a complete er- erosion of family or uh, um, a, you know an idolatry with regards to our families that you know it, and you know we we see people who who sometimes have an unbalanced place for family and 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 frankly don't pursue a, a you know a vibrant relationship with Christ out of commitments to greater commitments to their family. It's kind of startling a little bit when you when you read this um, and and hear hear Christian's response. And of course, he this is one of the things. There's a couple of moments where he has to retell that portion of it later on yeah. in the book. I've, I've read ahead, and he'll have he'll again reiterate the fact that he you know he'll be asked you know where where is your where is your family where is your friends and and he'll he'll discuss the fact that he that uh, he left them behind. The other thing I love about that opening scene, Bishop, if I may. Um, it's just, it, you know, as he, he gets to this gate, right? The wicked gate, which is where he's been coming to. And, uh, and, and goodwill, uh, he says to him, um, a short distance from here stands a well-fortified castle where Beelzebub directs his, his demons equipped with flaming arrows to shoot, to kill anyone who comes to this gate, hoping to enter. Um, that's frightening. Christian mm. says, but I'm grateful to you, Christian says, relieved. And, and of course, goodwill is, is, is actually kind of grabbed him and pulled him through the gate. And, uh, you know, I just, I get this image of, and, and you have, I'm sure Bishop have seen, you know, people that for whom, you know, the, the parable of the seed comes to mind where, where the, you know, the seed is, is sown, but the enemy comes and, and pulls it away. You know, you've seen people that are enthusiastic for Christ who are drawn to the gospel, who seem to be drawn to the church. And then it's like almost, almost as if like a sniper has taken them out there, you know, all hope of faith is erased and they've, they've completely receded back to their old way. And, 
have, you know, just laid aside any pursuit of, of God at all. So it's uh, that, that was another piece from that chapter that really. Yeah, I think it, it's such a helpful um, thing to consider as we look at these opening um, sections in, 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 in this portion of the book. Um, I, I love also, Bishop, how at the very beginning of this um, this chapter, we've got Pilgrim. He's coming back to the way he meets, as you say, uh, goodwill. But before he does, he comes to the gate and over it, he says, written in bold letters, a knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I'm thinking, you know, in the Gospels, where we have this before us, knock in a sense, go on knocking, keep on knocking. Right. And the door will be open to you because, as you said, the 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 mischief of Satan is yeah. always to lure us away through all the allurements that he brings and the challenges and the difficulties. And we see some of this in this chapter. Yeah. Take us away off the path um, and to frighten us. Right. 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 And right. Th this might be the first place that I could mention that great hymn of the faith that um, is actually mm -hmm. the second section of Pilgrim's Progress when when his wife comes to join him, where where we read those great words, um, hobgoblin nor foul fiend shall daunt his spirit because he knows at the end he shall life inherit. And mm -hmm. uh, that'll become a regular theme. The guys in my diocese, uh, Bishop Alex, know that I just adore that hymn, To Be a Pilgrim. <laughs> and yes. uh, it's, it's quaint because it's Bunyan's, Bunyan's uh, language, but it reminds us not even Beelzebub um, has the power to, um, to uh, knock us off the path because Christ keeps us safe. Um, take us a little bit Amen. further, because Amen. what hap what happens then in the journey? They they go towards um, a castle. So talk to us a little bit about that. So yeah, so he um, he 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 is taken um, to a house, um, mm. really there, and and it's uh, and, and in the house he meets uh, someone called the interpreter, uh, and and so the interpreter um, basically receives him, and and it's it's you know I I was kind of contemplating i'm not quite sure who who the interpreter is here but I, and again this is allegory so uh, bunyan is trying to you know to he's trying to give us an allegory that reflects something that you know that is very complex in terms of our own spiritual journey to faith um but it's the interpreter then who begins to guide him through various rooms in mm. this uh in this house and uh and so you know as christian enters each room there are things that he learns there um, that become um, important uh, foundations, if you will, for uh, for his spiritual journey. Yeah. And do you see any connection between those and things in your own journey, um, in your own life? I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. And he meets yeah. a couple of people there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. He meets some really interesting characters here. The, the, the first is just the, kind of the, the first room um, is uh, he's, he encounters um, a portrait. Uh, of uh, what 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 the title of the chapter says is the portrait of the preacher, mm. and here you know this is a as a bishop and as a is also is is a priest of course because we we continue to be uh, presbyters in the church even though we're, we're ordained or consecrated bishops is this it, the interpreter gets to talk in such uh, high calling language is the way I wrote it down in my my margin. The interpreter then begins to explain the meaning of the painting. The man you see in this picture is one in a thousand. He can mm. produce children, labor in birth pains, and nurse them himself when they are born. And do you see his eyes looking to heaven, the Bible in his hands, and the law of truth on his lips? 
Christian nodded, listening intently to the interpreter's every word. This is to show you that his work, the interpreter goes on, is to know and expose dark things to, to sinners, even as you see him standing there pleading with men. And I just, mm-hmm. you just, you just, I mean, it, that's something that I think I may, you know, borrow and use in an ordination sermon because it, Bunyan really does have a, a high view of this calling that we have, right? I mean, it's, it's a tremendous calling to rightly divide the word of God. Uh, so it was just really struck me by that. Struck, struck yes, by it's that. very powerful, isn't it? And it's powerful to think, here's the picture before this man who's left everything, right? Left his family, left his neighbors, puts his fingers in his ears. On the way, he's actually already fallen away a little bit. He's been right. knocked off his path. He's come back. He's knocking at the door, um, uh, going on knocking. Um, and he meets this person, and he's pointed towards life-giving truth. It's yeah. very, very powerful, isn't it? It reminds yeah. us to get in the Word. It reminds us also to keep a focus on Jesus in the midst of the journey. Um, right. I was listening earlier today to a um, a recording of a modern Christian song, and there was a voiceover on the recording that came at that um, at that moment, talking about the struggles and the challenges of of living the Christian life, sickness, illness, loss of job, and and the voiceover said, "Do not lose heart," echoing the words of Jesus. Do not lose heart. Get into the Word. Keep your focus yep. on Jesus um, yep. as you yep. press on. Yeah. 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 But there's there's also this 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 sense. I mean, like he he goes on to say about this uh about this the preacher, the he's the only the picture is the only man authorized to be your guide through the difficult places you're going. <laughs> and and so there's this sense, you know, sometimes in 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 modern postmodern culture, you know, you, you just you can just get around some friends and you know, kind of feel your way through it and figure it out on your own. And and there is really this sense that we do need to be guided. We need to be, um, be led on this journey that I think was, was really, uh, it, it was, was helpful for me to read. So. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So we meet some people. Um, yeah. Meets, yeah. Um, tell us about that and then take us into some of the rooms. Yeah. So he meets, uh, he, he comes to a, a, a room called the dusty room. Um, and the first thing he 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 notices obviously is the great deal of dust, and he can't quite figure it out. And the interpreter, you know, says, "This is the parlor of a of a heart of a man who's never declared holy by the sweet grace of the gospel, and the dust of his original sin and inward corruptions have defiled the whole person and the whole man. The man with the broom is the law, but the gracious young lady who brought the water and sprinkled the room is the gospel." Of course, this is this is a summary of what's what's gone on. So he comes into the room. He he first is an extremely dusty room, and he he tries to the the person with the broom tries to sweep it away, but it just causes more more difficulty. And then the the young woman comes in with the water and the and the and the mop, and she 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 washes the room, which is which is signifying the, the gospel. So, you know, this is this in some ways I felt like it connected with my own story because you know there was a sense in which. Uh, there was an outward compliance in my in my own spirit, and uh, I, I was trying to live a moral, upright life. I was trying to live a, a, a you know, uh, t- trying to be a good boy, as they say, you know. Uh, but but yet there, but the reality is that you know, the in the depths of my heart, you know, there was uh, thoughts of lust and anger and rage and rebellion and envy and covetedness and all these things that that uh, that as as I began to pursue the the law, it just it stirs all this up. And so it was when the gospel came to me, 
And I realized that the Lord knew me, knew my heart, knew the darkness of my heart, knew, knew everything about me, and yet loved me enough and gave himself to redeem me from the, that, that the gospel washed that all clean and removed that dust. So I particularly liked that, that room. Um, and, uh, and so then he moves on to the third room. Do you want to, yeah, uh, go ahead and, and, and tell us about that. So in the third room, he meets, and, and it seems like Bunyan likes to do, he, he likes, uh, the, the, the duality of two characters at times, you know, um, he, he has, you, we've seen that in chapter one. So yeah, we saw and that it, in the first chapter, the playoff right, between right. the two characters, the two, right. Yeah. So here again, when we have patience and when we have passion <laughs> and, and here is, you know, I think um, it, it's a, it's a very interesting, you know, these, these two children represent men of this world. Patience represents the men who are willing to wait for their inheritance, but passion represents the men who want their inheritance now in this present world. And, and so he has this playoff between uh, which, which really begins to accent sort of like the, uh, the lure of this world, material gain, uh, advantages, you know, to, to be, you know, to, to gain the world and yet lose one's soul, you know, to quote Jesus. Whereas patience is, it recognizes that, that there is something greater that to, to, that's a weight that the deferral of, of expectation actually brings about a greater wealth and a greater reward. Um, and, um, it ultimately, it, it, it sets up for Bunyan this, this understanding of, you know, um, that, that the, the reason why we're called to, uh, deny ourselves, take up our cross to learn to, uh, to, to not, not simply be satisfied with, with, with the, the, the jewels, the treasures of this world, because, because of what we gain in the end. So, um, it, it's, a, it's a, it's very much a study of, of patience and, um, and forsaking, taking this world for, for what, what we will receive in the, in the, in the next, which, which is not a very popular theme, Bishop, is it? Well, it's, it's not. not. One of the things we, we talked of uh, with Bishop Gifford on the uh, first installment of this podcast was um, how uh, that one of the gifts of Bunyan is to point us towards eternity. And right. uh, you see, I mean, the whole whole story is like that, isn't it? His pilgrim on his journey, moving towards heaven. But today we don't talk about heaven a lot, right? And we don't no. talk about um, crossing into heaven and the journey. We talk a lot about following Christ here and now. One of right. the things I've 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 uh, reflected on the great hymns of the church um, often talk about. Um, our our move into heaven. I, I I think of the prayers of the Puritans, which often talked about, Lord, give us grace to die, so that in our dying we might be um, we might be ready to receive the kingdom that's ahead of us. And I think in yeah. in our in our materialistic age today, we do pray a lot about walking with Jesus now. That's important, but we but we it seems to me that we we have less conversation about. The life to come than we do about the life of here and now. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, it's almost like the shift, you know, to away from you know the the Bill Bright questions. You know, if you were to stand before God today and give an account for your life, what would you say? Versus the you know the Billy Graham, you know how how to have peace with God. You know, in other words, what, what are the blessings of the Christian life yeah. in this world? And of course, there are, but um, it, you know, it really does set up this. Um, 
you know, it's like someone said, we, we really don't want Christ to return. We, we, we just want this world to be a little bit better, right? Yeah, and make so, this world better and we'll be fine. I mean, Jesus yeah. talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount as well. Store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, in heaven. where rust and moth do not come in and corrupt and destroy. Right, and, right. and so there's there's with Jesus too, and his whole journey are leading to the cross, death to self, but a resurrection right. that ultimately brings us to the place of of standing before the Lord. And we see that here being encouraged to pilgrim, you know, don't covet, don't store up things, don't want everything now. Right. Um, uh, be patient, be patient. Yep. Take, and we see that through the Psalms as well, as we spend time in the Psalms. Take a breath, be still, uh, be quiet. Mm-hmm. A pause before the Lord, um, and and enjoy the beautiful presence of Christ. Well, and it's you know it, rather than the emphasis on um, on learning to see in the things we're suffering the work of God to to not only refine us but also to you know that ultimately He'll redeem those things. It's we we so easily fall back into you know how do I how do I escape the suffering? How do I make how do I like my life here better? Um, and uh, avoid the pain. So that's it. Um, that's it. So well, what happens know. next? Where do we end up here? Yeah, yeah. So we, so yeah, we're moving on here. We've we've got several more rooms. So uh, room four, there's a, a roaring fire, and uh, and mm. and this is a this is a really neat picture because uh, what what the interpreters and, and Christian learns begins to ask questions is you know the the interpreter says well the fire is the work of grace but but there is uh, there. You know, there is uh, the basically the devil is 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 there trying to to put out to extinguish the, with water. He's trying to yeah. pour uh, water on the fire. So, but but Bunyan says that you know it, through the interpreter, the interpreter says, but but Christ is there behind the fireplace, and he is supplying uh, oil to keep the fire going. And so there's this, you know, recognition. This is not works righteousness. This is not us try trying harder to to live the Christian life. This is this is a, it's a it's sort of a recognition in the middle of this that that it's actually the work of Christ himself that's working in us through his holy spirit to continue to um to empower us to live live out the Christian life uh despite the the work of the devil to to quench our our um our fervency for the Lord. Um it's the I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me motif, isn't it? It's the Lord um, supplying all of our um, right. all of our needs, all of our riches in Christ Jesus, and a reminder of that uh, that we need not be fearful in these things. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah, Christ in me, the hope of glory, to quote the Apostle Paul. So then he comes to the palace, room five. Um, and and here, uh, let me see if I can re- recall what's going next. Um, within the the, the this this um, there's this this beautiful and majestic palace. He says, um, but then he finds like there are um, there, there's this this is the moment where um, uh, there's this this challenge comes against because around you know before you enter into the the palace, um, there there are all these these what he calls them a, a group of hesitant men yes. uh, who who lack courage, you know, who want to go through the door, uh, but they but they're afraid to. And 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 for some reason, some good reason, because they're apparently some something pretty um fearful there. Um there are, you know, Christian notices a garrison of fierce, unholy men all dressed in armor guarding the doorway. 
and they're determined not to let anybody pass. And so, and so it's like all these, these men who've like lost heart and they're like outside the door and, you know, what are they going to, you know, what are they going to do? They don't want to face these fierce, unholy men. But then one, one lone person uh, has the courage and it goes up to the little table there and signs their name and says, I, you know, um, I want to, you know, sort of write down my name, it says. And so he records the name, Christian's watching here. And so the, the man draws his sword, he puts on his helmet, he rushes to the door and, uh, and you know, and the armed men are ready. And so it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle. It's, it's not a, it's not an easy um, entry, but he comes through. Uh, he says he's valiantly cut and hacked through his opponents, delivering more wounds. This is a pretty received. gruesome picture there. It really it? is. It's it's a it's very much middle school boy here, you know. Uh, but but as he as he enters, there's a heralding chorus: "Come in, come in, eternal mm. glory, you, you shall, shall win. win." Yeah. So, you know, Bunyan just paints this picture. You know, the the Christian life to to pursue Christ. Is to is to face you know some real fears and you know again I tried to, to to sort of put myself and say where does this connect with my my relationship and my own journey and uh, you know I don't have anything I don't have any unholy groups of men I don't know about you Julian I don't not, you know that I had to face down but there were there there was definitely um, you know uh, social pressures and uh, and challenges to um, you know to uh, to my determination to be a follower of Christ, you know, particularly in kind of in my older adolescent times and, uh, and into business. I, I don't know if you know this about my story, but I, I served in the insurance industry industry for eight years and as an underwriter. And there were, there were constantly people uh, trying to, you know, trying to knock me off my path and, and to challenge me or to uh, cause me to compromise. And so I, I tried to relate a little bit to what the picture here that, that, uh, that Bunyan is painting, but um, it's it's a it's a pretty vivid. What what did you make of, of that? I mean, well, he, I think it's very very powerful to that point. Come in, eternal weight of glory, you shall go, win. He goes in. It's beautiful, and then there's and then it's like this this almost a punch in the stomach to him because there's this guy that discourages him, right? And and oh yeah yeah. Going, yeah, he's got a gloomy countenance, and I and I think this is so Bunyan because we're hearing, you know, fallen off on the way, come back, go to the gate, keep knocking, uh, people that um, this huge wrestle to get him to the point where he is. He comes in, it's like take a deep breath, and all of a sudden there's this guy filled with despair and gloom. Um, yeah, and and these situations, what do they do? They attempt to derail him on his pilgrim's journey on his progress towards the celestial city mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. no doubt like you uh i too have had those circumstances where you know you, you you're almost concerned to say all is good with the lord i'm walking yeah. well with the lord because all of a sudden you get to the end of the rope you know you think everything is going well and something happens and you think yeah where did that come from so just i mean here's pilgrim He's he's Christian. He's on his journey. He's 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 coming to this place, and he gets knocked, and and he's dis- and and is this guy full of discouragement? Right, right, absolutely, yeah. So, so he, the, where he do we head at that point? Yeah, yeah. So we've got two more rooms, and and the first one is 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 really one of those count the cost, and uh, you know, it's this caged man room, room <laughs> six. 
And 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 so, you know, again, it's like there there is this sense in which Bunyan wants to give us a very realistic understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so basically, this is the idea of this man is in a cage and uh, he at some point had pursued the celestial city. Uh, but then it, it basically he says, um, you know, I neglected to keep watch and be on yeah. guard, which for me, yeah. I, I've just preached through First uh, Thessalonians 5 and Mark chapter 13, where, where Jesus and, and the Apostle Paul are telling us to stay sober, be alert, be awake. You know, he says, I neglected to be watchful and on guard. And as a result, I stopped controlling my lust. Mm-hmm. And now it runs free. I sinned against the truth and goodness of God's word. I grieved the Holy Spirit. And now he's gone. I flirted with temptation. And the devil came to me. I've provoked God to anger that he abandoned me. I've at last, I've hardened my heart to the point that I cannot repent. And, and Christians left saying, is there? Yeah, yeah. Between the, uh, the interpreter and Christian there. And at the at the end of it, you know, Christian is is sort of overwhelmed by this, this picture that he sees. And he says, yeah. uh, this is awful. He says, God help me to watch and be sober and to yeah. pray that I may shun the evil and misery of those who go that way. Yeah. I mean, isn't that a lesson for all of us? Uh, the, the the enemy of souls prowling around looking for someone to devour, to take them out. Uh, and, of course, the only answer to that is to stand firm in Christ and to to walk closely with him and to have yeah. Jesus as Lord. It, it really is. And, again, this is a theme that's not very popular today, but the idea that there there does come a point uh, where where our hearts, like Pharaohs, are hardened and, yeah. and we cannot – we can no longer repent and turn it. Of course, there's the passage in Hebrews that talks about to, to have crucified Christ again. And I mean, so, you know, there's the Bunyan is really hitting on this challenge to, you know, that we are to pursue the Christian life. And, you know, it, it, it's very sobering for, there's for one more Christian thing. and us. There's yeah, one yes, more there room. Is. Take us there. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Last room. Sorry, there's so much here, Julian. Uh, room, room seven is the. We'll have uh, to have you uh, back for a second sitting on this. Uh, chapter. Oh, that yeah. sounds. So good. take us into room seven to this chamber. Yeah, yeah. So, so the last, the last room is 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 where he meets the unprepared dreamer. And again, if if <laughs> if those first six rooms haven't brought any, you know, any fear of God and and a and a sort of like a, a sobering view. Uh, room seven definitely will because it's a it's a room where he encounters a man who is who's wakened from a dream, but he describes the dream and and basically the dream is right. Joy is it's it's this man who's who's been, who's telling the dream is saying that I've been found one. The Lord has returned, and he's he's he you know he's taken he's gathered his 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 followers to himself and. Um, and he is found in what the the man that 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 Christian is um, interviewing, if you will, um, and uh, you know he says you know um, that you know he, the the man is kind of at the end. He says you know the judge last second to last sentence, but the judge continually kept his eyes focused on me with a look of anger and disapproval. While my conscience weighed me down, so, doesn't it remind us? It's a dreadful, awesome thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Right? It did, and yeah. we we rehearse this in the creed week by week. Jesus will come again to judge the living, the living and the, and the dead. dead. 
Judgment yeah, is yeah. part of our life. The world will be judged by a man, that man yeah. being Jesus Christ. Judgment will come. And and you know, I often say there are there are two dates that um uh that we can be assured of uh in the midst of all this uncertainty in the world. The first, the first is we can be assured that we're going to die unless the Lord returns, right? But yeah, and we yeah. don't know the date of that. But we can also secondly be assured that there will be a day. There will be a day of judgment, and it will be a a a, a most horrific day for those who are not pulled away with Christ and Christ is seen on their lives. Mm, mm, yeah. That's part of the journey, isn't it, that we're on, to recognize yeah. that. And right. one day and, that day will come. Yep, yeah. and, and Christians, you know, responds, you know, uh, cause me to both, you know, they, it calls me to both hope and fear, you know. That's it. Um, yes. I pray the Comforter will always be with you, good Christian, to guide you in the way that leads to the celestial city. And of course, th this is not to, to suggest that there is, you know, I think what we've seen in Christian's life in, in chapter one and now chapter two is, there's, there's not a perfectionism here. There's not a, there's, you know, there, there is, there's much grace, but, but there's the, but the call to constantly be actively pursuing the celestial city and to be, you know, to be awake and sober towards those things, which those, those, those ways that the enemy would knock us off the, off the, the path and ways that we might easily be enticed to, to abandon Christ and to, and to minimize the the greatness of his gospel and and his, his willingness to sacrifice himself for us, it's a it's a you know he who endures to the end will be saved. That's it, Bishop Jesus Alex. Well, it's been fantastic having you. I'm going to get you to pray in a moment, if you would. But let's just think about what we've what we've considered. Christian's fallen off the way. He's come back. He's come to a gate. He's been knocking. And he goes in and he meets various people and he's taken into various rooms and sees various things, some horrific scenes, you know, battles and men with swords and people right. discouraged and a caged um, man, caged man, lack of courage. Um, it's all incredibly daunting. I go back to the hymn. Uh, hobgoblin nor foul fiend shall daunt his spirit, right? It's daunting. It sees this guy's just just hopeless because he, he right. feels Oh, I've done all this stuff, right? And I've I've just I've lost my way. And then and then what do we learn? As you just said, keep your eye uh on heaven, keep your eye on Christ, walk with him, pursue right. that. Right. And in fact, the next chapter, and we're looking forward to having uh Bishop Chris Warner take us through that and next time. Um Pilgrim continues on his way uh, towards right. the celestial city, and um, it already shows us how much opposition there is. Remember, early on, he puts his fingers in his ears, not going to hear the voices of those back home calling me to go back. Right, um, uh, uh, and he's he's continuing on the journey, but so much wrestling along yes. the way. Yep, yep. Wow, and yet, Beautiful, and yet, huh? so worth it. So worth the journey. It's so yeah, so worth yeah. it. So. Amen. I said in the Amen. first installment of this episode, the first time I read this book, I remember when we we get to the end and we see the end result, I was in tears. I had tears pouring down my face as I saw all this wrestling and doubt and discouragement. But he's still Christ's pilgrim. Will you lead us in a word of prayer? I would. I would. I would. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Gracious Heavenly Father, we we would we would be those who would meet you in zion in the new jerusalem and be present with you lord we would pursue you we give you thanks for the grace 
that you've called us to yourself in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we, Lord, we thank you that Paul reminds us that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And that, uh, Lord, sin will not have dominion over us unless we we willingly submit to it. And so, Father, we we give you thanks that, that your grace is sufficient uh, for this journey, Lord. We pray that you would encourage those who are who are followers of you, uh, who are hearing this podcast, Lord. They might be encouraged that they are they if they are struggling in their walk, if they feel tempted to stray away or pulled away, or they're in the midst of some difficult circumstances that that are really about a spiritual battle that they have very little control that over, Lord. That you you are with them and that you are encouraging them, and that you indeed will give them the strength. You will continue to feed the fire of their faith, Lord, that it would roar, that continue to guide them to to the to your eternal reward. We pray, Father, that for those who might be listening that don't know you, Father, that they would they would sense the reality of of the decisions we make. Uh, there are two truly two ways to live. Uh, to to claim to rule our own lives and to bring destruction upon ourselves, Lord, or to cry out to you for mercy and grace which you give abundantly. Lord, we thank you that every every horrible picture that we see in Pilgrim's Progress, Lord, you face yourself and your willingness to come and live a perfect life, to suffer at the hands of, of a, a mob and an a, a, a oppressive government and to give yourself as, as a sacrifice for the sin of the world. And so, Lord, we, we cling to the cross, Lord, and we say thank you, Father, for your mercy and grace. Uh, and, Lord, we we recommit ourselves to seeking to live uh, for eternity and for the what you have you've prepared for us that i cannot see your ears not heard lord the things you've prepared as paul says lord we would we would seek those things now in christ jesus our lord in whose name we pray amen and bishop alex farmer uh, so great to have you on this episode of living through the word thank you for sharing with us I'm Julian Dobbs, and I commend you to God and the word of his grace.